You're listening to the Titties and Tacos podcast on the Detroit is Different After Dark podcast network. Welcome back to another episode of Titties and Tacos. I am your host, Sparkle. I'm Tina D. And today's episode is brought to you by the letter M, which is officially the middle of the season. Uh, Tina Andromeda. Respectfully, I decline and disagree. (laughs) It is now the middle. We are now at the middle of things. Man, I was at the middle of things on Jay. Yes, we honestly. know, which is why your math don't be mathing. So Ooh, we are math, now. <laughs> that that should have been my M. <laughs> math. My arch nemesis. The math ain't mathing. It never does. Yes, so this is the 13th episode, which is actually one of my favorite numbers. 13? Yeah, everybody says it's unlucky. But I like it. <laughs> I usually go with the underdog. I see. This is the 13th year of bullshit. (laughs) So (laughs) we're going to see if God's going to turn it around. What the song say? Late in the midnight hour. (laughs) Open the windows of heaven. God's going to turn it around. So, yeah. Mm. All right. All right. You got some titties or what we doing? I I do. You do? I came prepared. Okay. Educate the uh, masses. You know, I love to do it. Um, moving right along with the phenomenal t- titties and celebration thereof, I would like to present to everyone a lovely black female comedian. Comedian, right? Don't they put a fancy like spelling on it when it's a woman? D I E N N E, but it's stupid. I had a ninth grade AP teacher basically talk mm-hmm. about the sexism. Um, yeah, right. You, yeah, she's like, so she refused to call. It was actually Miss Hooks. She refused mm-hmm. to call like actors and female actors actresses. She says no, they're all actors. Yeah. So I've been job. doing that since then. So I don't yeah. really acknowledge the feminine um, I do, conjugation I of things. It's- Especially now, because what is that? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, right. Exactly. So, anyway. Uh, yes. Titties. They belong to Shalewa Sharp. First of all, I want to start with my obsession with her begins in the fact that her first name is Shalewa and it's just fun to say and as a person who does not always have a good time with people's unique spellings of their names I have a good time with this one I truly enjoy that her name is Shalewa Shalewa yeah uh more importantly she is definitely she's like a Gen Xer so she's clearly older than us she has two stand-up specials I think you can find them both on Spotify It is the most dry, hilarious time I have ever had. (laughs) Like, if you are a fan of people telling jokes in, like, the same general tone, but good jokes. It's not that the jokes are bad, but I just love that her enthusiasm is that of a late 40-year-old Black woman, and my gosh, (laughs) 
is it not amazing? Um, one of her most replay jokes. She also, I know, at some point she was on Comedy Central, or Comedy Central has access to one of her things. Um, there is one little snippet that, that they play all the time about her already having her middle age, like fully embodied middle aged woman uniform planned out. She's just waiting to be old enough to wear it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> she just described the 50-year-old Black woman that comes into the art gallery just looking exactly like what you're picturing right now. <laughs> Statement <laughs> earrings, big-ass shawl. She's like, I'm ready. I have the body for it. I have it planned out. <laughs> I got the body for it. There. She does. Um, but, yeah, she's hilarious. I truly enjoy her. Um... I enjoyed that her Instagram handle is Spicy Jumbo instead of Spicy Gumbo. Lord Jesus. <laughs> so you can find her on Instagram. She also has a podcast. I've never listened to it. I just found out about it. I probably am going to check that out. Um, and I think she has a show going on, but like most things, it's not nowhere near me. It's in New York where everybody likes to be or LA where I'm not going. But um, check her out. Find her on things. Like I said, her, her specials in true, in true Gen Xer fashion, both of her specials are just in album form on Spotify. Yeah, <laughs> so I was going to ask you. So, it. like, there's no, like, uh, Netflix stand-up or something I can see? Um, I don't think it's up anymore. There used to be, because that's where I first found her, because I am not a Gen Xer, so I looked for a video. Okay, but yeah, right. After, I'm like, after are you that, Richard Pryor, bitch? I don't understand. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got the same problem with Alex because uh, he only had, like, recorded comedy albums like me. Yeah, what? yeah, and you know that's my dude, and you can only find so much video of him. Yeah, I mean, his new special is up. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I got the notification. Okay. (laughs) I haven't seen it, but yeah. But, uh, but yes. So, check out Shalewa, um, where you can find her. If you have the fortune of, uh, being in, I think it's New York. It's gotta be New York where she is. Um, oh, yeah, no. Her specials, they're up. She has stuff up on YouTube. You can look her up on YouTube and watch. She did a Type 5. She did the New Negroes. Oh, yeah. And then her full her full special is on there. It's from two years ago on her actual page. It's called Stay Eating Cookies. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. That this really sounds did. like somebody right up your fucking alley. Definitely was. She's very funny. Um... And I'm just here to support her and her uninhibited titties because I don't, I think she's the person, I can't remember if she's the person that made the joke about, like, I'm just done with bras and you guys are going to have to be okay with it. (laughs) What a bold statement. Yeah, pretty much. Heard of t-shirt dicks. Oh, man, yeah. Go, I I missed some stuff. I'm about to go watch this later. But What did you say? Something about t-shirt dicks? That's literally what it said. This uh thing, I guess it's older, but it's from Comedy Central. It says Chalet was sharp is tired of quotes t-shirt dicks. I don't know what that means, but I'm okay. Sounds like a good time to me. 
She is a really good time. Okay. And I've never heard of her. This is my first time hearing you speak about her. So I have to check her out too with everybody else. Yep. 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 I recommend go do so. All right. Okay. Well, it's topic time, girl. Topic time. And I'm going to go first, which I don't think I've done in a couple episodes. Um, Yeah. If you're not first, you last on this on this show, literally. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I've been last lately, but today I am going to go first, and I'm actually going to do something um, a little bit differently today. Um, This is obviously a podcast, but today I am treating it um, like one of my favorite things, which is the uh, PRX moth radio hour um i do not listen to most podcasts um i don't know why y'all are interested in listening to people drone on like us but that shit is wild to me (laughs) but what i will do is uh occasionally when i want to hear people speak on random topics i like to listen to uh moth and obviously if you have listened to any show you know that i'm a writer and I enjoy storytelling. So what's cool about Moth is that these are all true stories. It's not like it's, you know, a fiction um, slam competition. These are like people's actual anecdotes, experiences, you know, life shareables. And uh, recently I was listening to um, a four part thing series on elders and they have four different mm-hmm, they have four different um very diverse storytellers speak about their different um experiences be it with family members that were, el- were elders strangers teachers you know just these different um situations for for each person one one man spoke about uh him being a child soldier in Sierra Leone and his bomb ass grandmother who was one of the few women who owned a farm and she would be out there in the bush cutting down trees and everything but how she was super feminine and liked to do it in her dresses and her head wraps and, how, and just how she what? just yeah she just bucked every rule and so when the war started she um and I'm sorry when the war ended which I think was an 11 12 year war he ended up going back to search for his family and found out that his mother was killed his brothers were killed um and for years he searched for his grandmother because he felt like if anybody could have survived it would be her and for like years he would go back and wouldn't see her and then one year he kind of went back and wasn't looking for her and of course that was the time that somebody was like oh your grandmother came back she finally came back and you know so he got excited ran to the house and there she was sitting on the porch. And so they 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 talked about, you know, the things he learned from her before and after the war and, you know, that type of thing. And so there are a couple other stories um, shared during the, the radio hour. But what I love um, about storytelling is just how it connects us. I love the stories of glory and defeat and, you know, laughing in the face of danger. And I just love the way that words move us, especially when they're told by elders. Um, I think they have the best ones, you know, whether you catch them sitting on a porch bundled in a sweater because your grandmother is freezing them outside of the house, which is my grandmother. My grandfather used to my papa used to sit on the porch all the time because it was ice fucking cold in the house because my grandmother (laughs) would literally have 
that shit on like 50 in the summertime. Like it would just be, you're going to catch a cold when you go in that bitch. So he would be on the I mean, porch in a sweater, like looking at everybody with his newsboy cap on, like, yeah, just chuckling. Like he never even really said a whole bunch. He just kind of laughed when he realized everybody <laughs> else knew his thoughts. And, you know, so those experiences or, you know, listening as, you know, they make your favorite chicken and dumplings over a hot stove. Like I love to be at the feet or seat of elders. So mm. I decided to share one of the, um, how one of the moth stories, um, which was a Navajo story, um, kind of reminded me of one of my own. So like on this um, particular moth story, cause I'm dramatic, so we gonna play some music. It just makes it easier to storytell. Um, I wow. want, <laughs> oh, what, right. so on this particular um, moth story, Mamalito Wheeler uh, wanted to help preserve the Navajo language by, um, of all things, dubbing Star Wars. And he talks about how, like, he had this secret shame as being as a member of the younger generation of the Navajo tribe and how, you know, none of them are really fluent in their language and how he felt like the language was fading. Mm. And one of the things I remember him saying that really struck a chord with me was language is culture and culture mm-hmm. is handed down through language. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes on to tell this lengthy story about like how his Navajo wife has a Ph.D. in English lit and she could also like fluently translate the Navajo language. So mm-hmm. he gave her something to translate, which was about five pages. He's like, I know I'm not going to get this back right away. It'll probably be a few days, maybe even a week. Mm-hmm. And she gave it back to him in 30 minutes. And so he was like, at that moment, that was when I realized my desire to take something so large and public like Star Wars and have it translated to something so rare was actually possible. Like we can actually make this happen. So he Mm -hmm. reached out and um, contacted like Lucasfilm over the course of 10 years, called, emailed, nobody responded. But, what? Yeah, but he was like super persistent in this in this effort to, you know, have somebody help them dub one of the Star Wars movies in this Navajo language. So 10 years okay. passed and eventually they respond and they told him, sure, but your tribe has to fund this, <laughs> which oh. was wild to me because Lucasfilm yeah. is part of Disney and y'all got right. all of the money in the world. So yeah. I didn't really understand that part. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. Not, not to mention, I mean, we this is not what this is about, but like the reservations are just legalized segregation. Right. Everybody's okay with it because they named it something different. Right. Like you do realize that that's segregation. Exactly. The same version of it. Exactly. Just, they made the words even rhyme and y'all just were like, oh no, it's fine. <laughs> what the fuck? But anyway. This is not what this is about. Continue. <laughs> so once they told him he had to fund it, like that, I, that took another like eight months to a year, um, because in his words, the res had real problems, like what you were just saying. He's yeah. like, people didn't have food or electricity, so all of the people that he had to, you know, go pitch this to were basically like, "You want to make a movie, and homegirl over here don't even have running water. Like we can't, yeah. you, you know." And he obviously mm-hmm. understood, but he didn't lose heart and he kept kind of pursuing until eventually he got in front of the right folks who agreed to do mm-hmm. this and um over like i think he said it began in april the audition and by the first week of july they had auditioned 400 people filmed and premiered 
this movie in like two oh, and a half. Shit. Yeah, in like two and a half, three months. Yeah. And so eventually he was able to put this production on um, in a, a rodeo stadium with like 2,000 okay. people in it. And he's like, the moment that, you know, you the, the words that would come across the screen that was like, you know, once upon a time or long, long ago or whatever the Star Wars thing is. And when it came mm-hmm. across the screen in Navajo, everybody just cried. Wow. And I was yeah. just like, wow, you know, that was that was crazy. And, you know, he was just talking about, um, you know, <laughs> 2000 weeping Native Americans because of language, you know, because language is culture. Mm-hmm. It is representation. So listening to this story, you know, Moth Radio Hour usually kind of awakens the story within me. It always makes me want to write. I always leave feeling inspired. So listening to Manuelito, I thought about language because, again, I love language. I love the beautiful things that occur when the right words are strung together. It is my favorite thing in the whole wide world. And I thought about my family's language and I thought about my great grandmother's silence. Mm-hmm. I thought about the lack of language. And so... This is what I wrote, and I'm going to share it with you guys as if this is the Moth Radio Hour. So, wow, I did not know at all. Okay, before you start, (laughs) and I'm sure it'll be beautiful and wonderful. um, I just want to say I did not know that this was what we were doing. More importantly, while we had in production meetings and multiple times, Sparkle had told me she's doing Moth Stories. And I just nodded. I had no idea what the fuck they were. I was like, okay, sure. You want to talk about moss? Cool, girl. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) So this makes more sense. Um, I I hope you guys understand this is a treat. If she wrote it down, you've been blessed. So enjoy (laughs) my life a little little bit. Like part of me because I'm also like very protective a little bit. I'm like, no. (laughs) like this is supposed to be something like you didn't send this to me first I didn't get the exclusive like now I just gotta sit out here with everybody and listen but I'm just joking she looks both annoyed and intrigued like how dare you also this might be awesome yeah it should I know it'll be awesome I just I feel a way about sharing but go for it Well, this is my this is my moment for my moth story, right? Okay, because I do not have the confidence to ever really do this and pitch to to the moth, the moth radio hour. I don't know, maybe one day, but I do I'm not enjoy public shit and just send it to. Them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, here we go. This is what I wrote. It says. What I know, she was born in 1912 in North Carolina. She was five feet tall. She was the color of cream with a sprinkle of brown sugar. And she birthed three children, one of which was my grandmother. And the love of her life was unfortunately killed, leaving her a single mother. That's it. I don't know much. I don't know her language because what she told me was absolutely nothing. She was quiet unless asked to pray. Or she just decided to check your salvation and make sure you had credit in heaven. I don't remember a single conversation outside of scripture. We never sat down for her to reveal salacious details of her life. She was 75 when I was born and I was 17 when she died. She didn't talk about living through the Great Depression and Jim Crow as a single mother. We never had an isolated moment of sharing. There was no language. She was quiet. And it was in that seemingly silent woman 
that one of the loudest lessons was learned. She didn't speak of scrubbing the floors of affluent white folks' homes during wars, but she served the most picturesque marigold color sweet potato pie I'd ever seen. She didn't talk about peeling potatoes in a potato factory and renting her home to boarders long before Airbnb, just to make ends meet. But alongside my grandmother, her daughter, she fried chicken, baked turkeys, and prayed for every single person that walked through her door. It was the greatest silent recitation of Corinthians' answer to the explanation of love. As a lover of language, what I received was the conjugation of action. This woman of very few words was my heritage, steeped in service, in God, and in love for her family. Sometimes the silence is the language, and that is how you uncover the culture. And this is my story about my great-grandmother, Cora from Corinth. There you go. (laughs) Okay, is it my turn? Can I talk? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Do me, indulge me a little bit, okay? Okay. Do me a solid and read the line uh, about uh, where you say Corinthian type love. I didn't catch everything, but can you reread that line? Okay. Like all together? Yes. Uh, So Mm -hmm. um, it was the greatest silent recitation of Corinthians answer to the explanation of love. Remember a few episodes ago where I was like, (laughs) sometimes this bitch will put words together and be like, did I know English? Was I ever taught? Am I a child left behind? There's what the fuck I've been talking about. (laughs) I just had to get that out. It was in me. (laughs) Cause what? I'm an I am a massively educated person. I've done a lot of school. Okay? A lot. But apparently I've never known English. And that's fine. That's fine. perfectly fine because this is not even and i don't mean it in the the very very flagrant and unnecessary ti version whether version of just using multi-syllabic words that don't fit together that (laughs) shit sounded like fucking butter rolling off the fucking tongue and yet i have to pause and replay it and rehear it in my mind to make sure that i know what's happening that's a thing. If y'all don't buy this fucking book, that's fine. I will buy every goddamn copy myself. Okay, man. Okay. Okay. So that is my mini moth story <laughs> about my, we are. my very, very we quiet elder. We three are some unbalanced ass topics. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> So, yeah, I, you know, I was inspired by listening to all these stories about their elders. And I'm like, you know, language is so important. And they had the opportunity to, you know, discuss and, and listen and, and consider um, all the things that, that that was shared with them. And I thought, man, I must have really missed out because my elder, my great grandmother, the matriarch of our family for 17 years while out, you know, that I was alive. I didn't get that opportunity and I thought about it and I'm like, yeah, but you know, sometimes it's, it's the, the language is in the silence, you know, the, 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 sure. the, the culture and the heritage is more, sometimes it's, it's more emphatic what goes unsaid than what is said. And so, oh, yeah. you know, while she didn't say much, um, she did everything, you know, and she did everything for her family and prayed for her family and served her family and cared for her family for, you know, 93 years. My grandmother died as a person who, 
lived on her own in a huge Victorian yeah. East Lansing home where she didn't need assisted living or hospice or anything, you know, had her original teeth, was in her right mind, you know. So, you know, she just really, for me, was um, someone I've always admired. And um, just, you know, as you, like I said, as you get older, you just are really able to have the perspective of, of what culture and heritage all look like for you. And so that is my mini moth story about my great-grandmother, Cora. Um, that was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. It's fantastic. I'm gonna try to keep the rest of my commentary to myself before you <laughs> spontaneously combust. Thank you. But that's that's amazing. I have no more clothing to take off today. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I cannot disrobe. So yes, that is it. You go now. <laughs> okay. Well, hello. Look at me bringing in the uh. <laughs> the non-important function. <laughs> we make sure that you guys get both here at the Titties and Tacos podcast every week. Come really back did. for more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. So my M this week is for Maker's Mark. It's gross. <laughs> and other whiskey musings. So I've decided to take my my full time, my 30 to 40 minutes here and just tell y'all every thought I have about whiskey. I love it. And we're going to do that. Um, starting first and foremost with the regular Maker's Mark, which um, this is what I will say about the people that make Maker's Mark. Um, their branding, impeccable job. That uh, bottle with the melted wax which the melting of that wax is trademark. No other whiskey bottle is allowed to have dripping wax on it because they trademarked it. Wonderful fun fact that I found out. Very smart. Um, however, that regular, regular, smegular <laughs> whiskey is genuinely gross to me in a way that it doesn't have to be. And people talk about it a lot. Now, listen, they make a whole bunch of other versions of things. Um, and some of those things I've tried and they're not like gross. They, like, I, I want to clarify something as we go in on various versions of whiskeys. Um, when I say gross, I don't mean like, oh, I don't like it and it's not for me. I mean, like, literally, like, it is terrible because there's a lot of things that I can respect the taste of them and it not be for me. So is that it is terrible because it has been um, crafted differently? Well, this is the thing. So Maker's Mark in particular, and honestly, I use Maker's Mark because it fits for what I'm doing today. But Maker's Mark is not the one that I like have complete disdain for. That would be Basil Hayden. Um, that what? Gets a lot Why? Of I like I Basil like Hayden. Anything. A lot of people do. Why don't you like it? Or are you just being iconoclast because everybody else does? Or do you have a valid reason? I really don't like the taste of it. It doesn't have a lot of depth to me. It's very, like, it doesn't really coat the mouth. And this is the last time I tried it, so things can change. But it, it, it does everything that whiskey can do, either superficially or poorly. And that's my problem. Uh-huh. That's actually a really good description. I agree. Oh, yeah. I oh, don't hate not, it, though. I don't hate it. Well, it's, it's not. So it's not offensive. 
and neither and honestly right because about offensive maker's mark is a little more yes it is yes very it's very heat but it's kind of like if you're a person that likes spicy food you have a different you you can recognize the notes in spice right some things are hot and just to be hot and other things are flavorful. And that's how I am. I do not like things that are hot for the sake of being hot. I want flavor in the spice. I want it to be heated because of spice and still be flavorful. And you have a palate for whiskey. So that makes sense. But what I like about Basil Hayden, though, is that you can have it on your bar or bar cart and it is impressive to people who do not really know whiskey. And so for not a lot of money, I can impress folks and it's still more palatable than Jack and Maker's Mark. Yeah. And so that's the thing. And so like even with Jack, one thing I'll say about Jack is and this and is I love Jack Daniels. change. I, I yeah. don't mean to throw them in the bus. And, and this will probably change. Like if you're listening to this a few years in the future, I'm sure that Jack Daniels has made significant swings since then because they're on the start of this getting into um, experimenting with how they age whiskey. Because the thing about Jack Daniels is they had decided for a long time. They were just the old man on the block. Like, yeah, we are who we, we are. Do. Get off my grass. This is what the f- fuck we made. And that's just going to be it. But what I like about it is what they made was what they made. And it tastes like that consistently. So yes. I could never, I could never um, come at them about it, even though that is a good example of something that's no longer for me, but I have respect but for it. But you know what? Even if it's not for you, I think it still makes a good bar staple because it is for a lot of other people and it's extremely recognizable and consistent and averagely priced. Right. And the consistency of it alone is really one of the main things, main reasons to have it. And so, like, even once I get the bar of my dreams, the bar I have right now is a good bar the bar of my dreams will also have just regular number the seven bar of my dreams. The, the fact that you dreams. have a bar of your dream. I have a bar of my dreams. Oh, it's fucking glorious. I've never heard bar of my dreams. It's glorious. And I really haven't figured out how to have it because they don't, they don't have basements here. So the bar of my dreams ideally is in a basement, but I live in a place that doesn't subscribe to basements. So I haven't figured out the logistics yet. Oh but my God. I have a solution. We'll talk about it. Okay. Don't lose that. Write it down because you'll forget about this. Because I want to know. But um, but yeah, so Basil Hayden is like that a lot. Um, other things in general, because we're just going to do a popcorn of how I, of things that, and thoughts I have about whiskey. Um, another issue I have is that very often the coolest looking bottles are normally shit. Like a, it's it's almost a predictor of the whiskey either being just meh or bad <laughs> so is that because the makers know or is it because they think they have a good product and they want to make it stand out from the things that already I, exist and so very very rarely if it's like a new one on the market then maybe they'll do that but honestly if you are focusing the amount of time and attention you need to focus on making a very like interesting whiskey um you then can settle on a bottle that's going to simply hold that whiskey well and not a bottle that is going to just look cool on your bar there is some some need to look cool or look different and to stand out but really you don't have to stand out if you make a product that's good 
because what happens is you have people like myself or other people that like whiskey and like exploring whiskey, we will find you niggas. Like, that's the hobby. Like, I'm going to be looking for somebody that has something new, something interesting. And what is interesting, what tastes good on the palate, one thing that I've noticed is that that will evolve and change like anything else. So there are whiskeys I really like when we first started getting into drinking them and, and pulling out tasting notes that I don't particularly care for right now because either the proof is much lower or that flavor profile is not really the same or it's not really what I'm looking so for. So what are you, now. I was just about to say, so what are you looking yeah. for? So for me in particular, and this is important to know if you're a person that actually likes whiskeys and you're taking this in any in any value as recommendations, you probably shouldn't, but whatever, suit yourself. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but for me, um, tasting notes that I enjoy particularly, um, I'm a big friend of rice. So rice can be anywhere from peppery to kind of like pine needles. They'll say um, often, but their rice have a little bit of a spice kick to them. Um, bourbons themselves, I love in my heart as an American that drinks whiskey. So that bourbon is an American product. So. Um, not every whiskey is bourbon, but every bourbon is a whiskey. whiskey. That's one of my favorite facts. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, bourbon is strictly an American made product. Like scotch is a, uh, product made in Scotland. So it's that sort of thing. That's our export here. So it's hard to be an American whiskey drinker and not have an affinity for bourbons. You're going to drink bourbons. Bourbons is what we make here. Um, but bourbon is sweeter like a lot of things, a lot of products out of America. Bourbon um, has, uh, like, very often common notes that you'll find is sweet, oak, honey. Um, those are the common ones. And I like those, but I'm starting to like the sweetness less and less, unless it's paired with something kind of unique or balanced well. So, like, having kind of a fruit note or a floral note paired with the sweet vanilla that you're always going to find in. And other things that are fun is like, if you get these hints or these tasting notes in different parts of your palate. So whether you get it on the front end or you get it on the back end, those sorts of things. Um, when it comes to proof, I have to remember that my proof palate now is much higher than what Fucking is Fucking alcoholic. Normal. Okay. What happens is, is that the higher, what happens really is that the higher proof, um, there's less water in it. And so it tastes more like whatever you get off of the barrel. So you get more. So the sacrifice you make by being able to like get past the heat is that you'll get more flavors out of it. So when you're. Yeah, but you got to almost like, train your tongue for that shit. You do. Like, it's no joke. Cause, so, like, a good example, and this is the example me and my husband think about often, is the first time we tried Larceny. And Larceny is a 92-proof whiskey. So, in the range of proofs, it's not wild high, okay? Things can get up to 130s. So, a 92, and everybody, this is this is how you gauge it. Everybody can drink something that's 70-proof. Okay, wine is 14, and that's a that's a alcoholic wine if a wine is 14 percent 
that yes yeah. here to, to get you messed up yep so when it comes to whiskeys like a 75 um 75 proof thing is almost like what would be the equivalent of water um an 80 is what is approachable for everybody mm-hmm. and then 90 and up is when you start getting into things where people really feel the heat mm-hmm. so when we first started um actually drinking whiskey for Hobby. Go ahead and say hobby. hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, as a hobby, as opposed to just drinking it to get drunk. Because drinking it as a hobby. whiskey drinker, hobbyist. Yeah, yeah, because drinking it to get drunk is not really, it's not really a thing we do anymore, which is crazy. Because I remember also drinking it to get drunk, and that is crazy. That's a crazy. Yeah, like thing when's the last time y'all even been drunk? Now y'all out here bougie, just tasting, yeah. you know, doing blind tests, tasting for yeah. notes. <laughs> This is the thing. So what's so funny about you and the shade that I feel from you, but also appropriate because this weekend for our quote unquote, like, you know, spend time together. I'm sure people will call it a date day, but we would, we're too cool to ever say that. So we just, (laughs) we just call it chilling. (laughs) So for our chilling today, this uh, day, this weekend, that's exactly what we did. I'm like, oh, you know, we haven't done in a long time, a blind flight. Let's do a blind flight. And so that's what we did. And did y'all actually get, did you even get buzzed? No. No, you do the blind flight. So what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Like, what is this for? (laughs) It's not to get buzzed. It's to try the different notes. Oh my God, this is terrible. Even when I go wine tasting, my goal is always to get (laughs) fucked up. I mean, you're not going to get fucked up. Now, I have to visit a few different vineyards to make that happen. But I'm here for that. That sounds like a great time. I mean, after, I'll say this, like, after we do the actual blind test, we might have, like, pour a drink. But after that, it's just oh, like, okay. Oh, maybe. Maybe we actually use this for its intended purpose. We The intended purpose is to taste the flavor. That is That's not why it was created. I'm talking about the creator's intended purpose. The created purpose was to mask the poverty of the fucking Great Depression. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now we're good. That's what I'm talking about. That ain't got nothing to do with me. We've moved past it. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all just out here being elite Negroes. <laughs> this is the thing. When we first started, when we first transitioned into maybe we should like, because we really do enjoy it, and we started watching people talk about whiskey and we had never tasted any of these flavors. We started watching a, a whiskey enthusiast channel thinking like, oh, what's the next bottle we can right. just drink, Mm-mm. right? And then they started talking about like things that you can, I'm like, how do you even do that? Like, <laughs> I can you know, see like, you saying this. <laughs> you know? And I got really upset and like incised about the fact that people were I was that way with wine because I don't, yeah. yeah. And even sometimes still, I'd be like, nigga, where y'all getting blueberry, right. <laughs> raspberry, getting in leather, oaky and ass, <laughs> right, right, band aid. <laughs> that's not a joke. I, I know that's why I'm laughing that. because this shit was so ridiculous. That is a specific example, especially leather. Leather yeah, is leather. wild. Yeah, leather is a, and it's a regular But now I can actually pick that up. up. Yeah, I was, yep, I was going to say, but I can actually pick that up now. Right, and so the way that you get better at picking stuff up is doing things like blind tests. So like, well, it's great. So we did four samples each. He poured my four, I poured his four. And 
it also what it also shows you, especially when you're drinking them back to back, even though you have a palate cleanser in between, there are some things that we absolutely love that tasted terrible simply based on drinking it after something else. Mm -hmm. That sort of thing is amazing. Like that is a really good fun time. Let's see what sort of weird shit this stuff does on the tongue. Let's add water. Let's see what happens. But when we first started, because this story is hilarious, um, Larceny, which is a a delicious weeded um, bourbon, it's 92 proof. It's regular version is 92 proof. I remember when he bought that, we tried to drink it. This is our first transition moment. <laughs> tried to drink it. That shit heated, heated me up from my fucking core. And I was like, because honestly, we did one thing about weeded bourbon is just as a as a aside, they just make you feel warmer than a lot of other bourbons. They just make you feel warm. Um, they're really good to add to like the fall drinks and things like that. When you're looking to take a hot drink out and you're going out into the cold, perfect. It's going to do the job. Oh, that's good to know. For you. Okay. Um, I should have saved it as a life hack, but there you go for free. Anyway, <laughs> um, that made us so hot, <laughs> like the both of us. It was just like, okay, I can't handle this. Then on top of it, very fried. I have not been that drunk and that version of hot drunk in a hot very drunk. long time Ugh. and very and not at all since so and it's 92 proof by comparison so this was maybe let's say it's 2022 now so that was maybe in like 2018 2019 when that happened now I don't think we have anything on our bar that is lower than 100 proof Oh my God! Um, Your bar is not guest friendly. Yeah, I gotta fix that. It's very not guest friendly, especially because the things that are under a hundred proof are Irish whiskeys. Now, one thing that I find really great about Irish whiskeys is they can retain a lot of that flavor, and it's very sweet. It's very. It's often described as like shortbread is the is the main common tasting note because you give these notes and people are going to taste different things mm-hmm. based on your palate. But the common one for Irish is a very shortbread bready sweet as opposed to like vanilla syrupy sweet. You mm-hmm. give syrupy mm-hmm. sweet in bourbon and you get short bready sweet in Irish. We love both. We're big fans of Irish. Irish though almost always unless it's specifically a cast strength which means they just pull it out of there out of the barrel and put it right in the bottle. They didn't dilute it with mm. any water. Um, all of the lower proofs under cast strength means that it was diluted with water until it was at that proof. Okay. So, um, w- unless it's a cast strength, Irish whiskey is almost always 80 proof. So those are our low proof things in our home. The problem is, is those are also some of our favorites. So you're right. I don't want to share them, but we have not had visitors like that. We do need to get some things just that are get more some, some visitor shit throw it on there never touch it just leave that for yeah. the visitors yeah and so oh my last point because this point is gonna take a minute so those are those are just my general feelings about whiskeys maybe one day i'll do like a ranking or do something fun like that we'll come back to it this is not the last time i'm not done drinking whiskey so what no <laughs> she is not no but 
my last and most recent and important thought I've had is that the desert is not the place to have whiskey because it's still alcohol. So <laughs> we just came to the realization that uh, when we left and we traveled home to Michigan for the summer, last summer, we likely caused the evaporation, us being gone for that amount of time, caused the evaporation of several of our like cherished bottles that we've been saving because we didn't have the air on and it was a thousand degrees here in the oh. desert. So wow. we've been looking at we've been looking at some of our things that we know we haven't drank because some of them are high price bottles <laughs> yeah, or high end bottles. Figure out what is happening. We're, like, we're looking at each other like, nigga, did you drink this? <laughs> you like, know, I like, heard y'all ask each other that. Re- like within the last month or so. <laughs> we, tr- in the last month or so, we've been trying to figure out what the fuck is happening to these bottles. And what I noticed is the bottles that are inside of like either uh, specialty boxes or inside of like the packaging do, that it comes in. Do they have the beads in the bottles? Do they look like they've been sweating or it look like no, there's so what humidity happens, happening somewhere? No, no, which is why all of this seemed wild and didn't make any sense. And I'm looking at him and he looked at me like, nigga, somebody drank all this whiskey. <laughs> right, because I didn't go back. I just assumed one of you niggas was lying and I was talking about my <laughs> single ass business. <laughs> No, because it was too many bottles. And our biggest concern, the 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 real concerning one is our um our our friends, um my BFF and her husband, they um made an infinity bottle for us when we got married, and um we call it it's called the nightcap, and so that one we keep in the decanter. And we only drink that one together. And that when that one started disappearing, we were like, all right, because that's against the rules. <laughs> like, <laughs> so something is actually fucking going on. And so recently we looked at, we started going to YouTube University to figure out what the fuck is going on. And what we found is when you are in high heat areas and you have your bottles either in direct sunlight, which are not in direct sunlight, we knew that, or you're in a climate that's really hot, what happens is it doesn't affect a sealed bottle. But if you have a bottle that's open, when you open it, the alcohol evaporates because it's alcohol. And so when you close it again, what's happening is you're making the ratio of alcohol to water less and less. And then eventually the water itself also escapes and evaporates. So that's why the actual level is going Mm. down. So now we have to figure out, well, it's not going to be a problem this summer because we're not going to be gone nearly as long. But that's why I say I think what did it and we just didn't catch it. We weren't paying attention to it was us being gone for two weeks and then we didn't have the air on. So is that why most like, you you know, the wealthy people in the hotter climates always have like those basement cellars and basement. Yes. Okay, chilled areas for all of their. Because we. We do not have it set up. So my dream bar, like I said, is going to have to have some provisions about it because I need it to be in a cold basement and we ain't got basements here. I mean, but, that's fixable, but yeah. Yeah, I need way more money to fix this problem. <laughs> so I can spend more <laughs> money on expensive whiskey so I can leave <laughs> them and not drink them on my bar. First world yeah. problems if I've ever heard them. Exactly. I need more money so I can have the bar of my dreams. Thanks. <laughs> <Okay, bye. laughs>
God. But yes, that is my M. Maker's Mark is gross and spicy for no reason. It's not doing anything. The regular one. Now you get into to Maker's 46 and all of those that I haven't had or I've tried. They're decent and those are more those are more subjective, but I can objectively say Maker's Mark is gross. <laughs> okay. Do you like the craft whiskeys more? I do, but I really do, actually. I really small love a batch. Good craft, a, a good small batch or even store picks, which is a dangerous game that I sh- should have never got into because a store will go and have their people taste a barrel and add things to it and do all this stuff to make an absolutely delicious version of some of your favorite whiskeys. But then once that's gone, it's gone forever. Mm. So like getting into store picks, single barrels and stuff like that is fantastic. You find that's just Weird hurtful. Things. But it is sad. Again, this is why we were measuring the levers because we got a bunch of store picks over there. Things oh, my that God. <laughs> that we can't find over. We'll it never get this again. again. We'll never get these things again. And we're not, we don't drink like that anymore. Oh, like, man. we just don't drink I think you guys need a weekend of just, like, drinking and fucking. Just drunken <laughs> sex. Let's save the bottles. In the name of that- saving the bottles. <laughs> In the name of saving the bottles, let's recklessly yes, drink Yes, just drink and have just ravenous sex. What's going to happen is several drinks, a nap, maybe some <laughs> soppy sex, and then more napping. That is what I meant. Because <laughs> what? And honestly, that sounds like an amazing time. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. But yeah, that is my M. Wonderful, wonderful. That was good. That was good. <laughs> I hope you come back and um, educate uh, educate us on maybe some tiered uh, whiskeys. You know, I always like a good tiered love. thing. Like, give me some tiers. Give us like a cheap, you know, a moderate and expensive. And it's one of my favorite pastimes is to like make up cocktail things. Yeah. Like, and, you know, different thing. She that's she's a- currently she don't know this but she about to she's currently putting me together a house menu for um, a theater themed cocktail oh. menu from my home. Well, shit. Uh, <laughs> After you send me that curtain call video, I'm like, oh no, she needs oh, yeah. to just do this. <laughs> oh, one of these weekends, I worked on making a, a something called. This is a cocktail that I recommend if you're a person who likes whiskeys and likes smoky. Mm-hmm. smoky whiskeys and you're looking for that smoky briny flavor which is a scotch flavor profile but um there's a drink called a penicillin which is mostly blended scotch with like lemon lemon or lime and honey ginger syrup which i made my own honey ginger syrup Ooh. sparkle did not care about it she cares about it now but she did not care about it when i wanted to talk about it but yeah it's because i was like nigga i can't remember what we were trying to talk about for real and we you were trying, trying to tell to have, me we were, we were having a logistical meeting about the release of the book it was definitely off topic yeah but... and you're trying to tell me about ginger syrup this is why we're gonna get shit done <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. But so it's honey ginger yeah, syrup. She don't care. I don't. <laughs> lemon, uh, blended scotch, and then you shake it up, you pour it over ice, and then you top it off with a smoky peated scotch. 
um we used the peated iris instead oh my god just fucking delicious it was so good and then now i've been using honey ginger syrup in my teas it's because i don't drink like that obviously my my whiskeys are just evaporating into the <laughs> while i sit here and make another tea they looking at me like oh so you just drink you tea, just bitch. yep yep <laughs> you tea drinking bitch treacherous whore anyway, try out a penicillin it's very good but um all right it's time for life hacks i would imagine yes ma'am so all i right. will go first for all of y'all who are traveling oh. um to orlando this summer with your kiddos um mm. personal hack i might have done this before full disclosure i do not remember <laughs> but also you probably forgot and it's actually more pertinent now anyway because mm-hmm. it is the summer um if you're looking to grab all of your you know disney apparel accessories items character shit mickey mouse Minnie Pooh, all the the gang take your ass mm-hmm. in a walmart first because every single walmart down there we were in florida we were in orlando in february every single walmart has a crazy ass amount of disney shit for of course. 85% less. So your ponchos if it rains, beach towels, t-shirts, hats, magnets, shot glasses, all of the same shit you're going to find in the park. Even dis- even the ears, even the Minnie Mouse ears were at Walmart. The headbands were at Walmart. And were oh, wow. now my kid is spoiled by so many people that she just had Buku gift card money because it was for her birthday. So I let her get... Um, where did we go? We went to Disney Springs and she bought like a $35 Disney ear headband. That same fucking headband. I was so fucking pissed off. That same like headband. Yes. The same fucking Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse ears headband was at Walmart for like $13. Get the fuck out of here. I said never again. I will never allow anybody else to make this same faux pas. Like never. So <laughs> go to Walmart. Because you know how we do anyway. When we get somewhere, niggas got to find the Walmart. So when you go to the Walmart, y'all get y'all bottles of water and your drink and everything else you're going to, you know, take yep. back to the room for the for yourself and the kids. Get your Disney shit from there, too, as opposed to waiting until you go into the park. Yep. That makes sense. So there you That's go. That's a good hack. That's a good hack. That is quality. Um, What's so funny is I have a travel hack, too. Oh, good. So that's awesome. Yeah, my travel hack is, um, listen here, niggas, I know that (laughs) the world says that we're done with the pandemic, and you might be too. And you know what? Fair, sis. It's been a long-ass time. However, um, the pandemic is not done with us, and (laughs) more importantly... Um, as you travel, uh, cause what is this? This is like the end of July now that this episode is happening. Um, so people have been traveling, um, which means people have been catching COVID and have been feeling sick. And this version of COVID, this, uh, this edition, uh, feels a lot like a cold. And, uh, when people find out, they're like, oh shit, I done forgot all the fucking quarantine rules. What am I to do? to not uh at least not intentionally contaminate other people uh it's too late for me let me figure out if i can save somebody else um while you're trying to figure out that math the cdc although they've told no one about it really has developed a quarantine calculator where you can put in the exact date that you tested positive or the date that you started having symptoms 
and and what those symptoms are and whether or not you're vaccinated. And it will then give you exactly how many days that you got to keep your ass in the house now because you were on the outside for <laughs> several weeks. So we're going to be outside, which clearly, yes, outside is open, people outside. Um, at least attempt some level of responsibility. Yeah. Um, I still wear my mask. Get the get I mean, the get the vaccine if you haven't. Get the booster if you have. Be safe. Yeah. Be safe. Yeah. Stop the spread. You know. All of that jazz. Test. I'm never taking a. I, I'm not never taking my mask off. But once you you feel like oh this might be it. I don't know. Take a test. Uh, you can get them very re- readily. You can get them for free from the government. Another thing that they don't publicize enough, but you can get it free from the government. They'll send it to you. And um. Go on this. If you type in to Google CDC quarantine calculator, it will take you to the page. Make sure that that page is a CDC page and not some other bullshit. Um, put in your dates. Figure out how long you got to stay on the inside because you were too busy having. You wanted to have big fun on the outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now you got and, to sit your ass down. So find out for how long. Yes. Figure out for how long. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's my life hack. Be safe, niggas. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all of that jazz, and drink good whiskey. That's I feel like I'm be safe and drink good whiskey. You need that on something. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so with that, um, look at us. We done made it. End of the epi. End of the episode. This lovely episode was brought to you by the letter M and the phenomenal titties of Shalewa. What a fun name. Shalewa. Shalewa. Sharp, the comedian. Go find her and her things in her places. Um, you can find this episode and episodes like it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and iTunes. While you are on iTunes and now Spotify, you can rate us. Here's the thing. You can only rate us five stars. I don't know. Take it up with your Jesus, but that's what it is. Um, So (laughs) anything else, you can 100% keep it. Keep that shit. We do not want it. Um, Come holler at us at the Nacho Cart, which is our Facebook page, or come holler at us at the Nacho Truck, I guess is what it is. The Nacho Truck. Instagram. Instagram. The Nacho Truck. (laughs) Instagram. Uh, for tits and tops that's us on Instagram come find us you can talk to us at either of those places share 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 this enemy friend dog I don't care who's listening to it just turn it on and walk out the house I don't care (laughs) just listen (laughs) subscribe so you don't miss any more of this butter hot goodness (laughs) (laughs) and until next I'm so sorry, guys. Eat some tacos, rub some titties, and we'll see you at Letter N. Bye, guys. Have a great week. Bye, (laughs) y'all. You're listening to the Detroit is Different After Dark Podcast Network.